we welcome you to the Lord's house. Why don't you stand with us, if you would, please, and we'll pray. A lot of times when we come into the church, we do this a lot. We ask uh, to try to make a point to leave the cares of the world outside. I understand that, and we're going to continue to do that from time to time. But this morning, I'm almost, uh, uh, while I was watching the band, the band practice, I got this thought in my head this morning. I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm not going to ask you to leave your cares and whatever's been going on the past week outside. I'm going to ask you to bring it right here with you, and we're going to let let Jesus do his uh, perfect work. So whatever's going on with you, whatever's going on with somebody in your life, whatever's going on, I'm, I'm going to ask you to uh, to have it here in the Lord's house, and as we go through the songs and through through God's word, just let Jesus do his perfect work in the situation, his perfect work in you, and his perfect work in the lives of somebody that you're praying for. Okay? Let's pray. God, as we come into your house today, help us to worship you. Your word plainly tells us that you look for someone who will will worship you in spirit and and in truth. Help us to do that. And uh, Lord, uh, help us this morning, for this time, for this hour, for this day, not to separate ourselves from our cares and, and everything else, but to bring it here. Lord, help us, help us this morning to lay it at your feet. Help us to let you do your perfect work in our situations, in our issues, in ourselves, in the lives of people we're praying for. Father, we... Uh, in short, we want to meet you here, and we ask you to, to uh, change us, to change the situation. Meet us here. As we come to meet you here, Father, we ask that you would meet us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And wasted years until the past to disappear. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could. Still can work it all for your good. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he 
can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Who would take my cross to Calvary? Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, he makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, precious Lord, none on the earth or heavens above that I have found more beautiful. You are my treasure, my great reward. I just want to move your heart is all I want to do. I just want to stand in awe and pour my love on you no matter how much the cost. I freely give it all to you, all to you. Jesus, Jesus, my offering, all my ambitions, my hopes, my dreams, and here's my life, Lord, a sacrifice, oh, just to bless you, I just want to move your all I want to do, I just want to stand in awe and pour my love on you, no matter how much the Right 
just to dwell in your house. Waste my hours and my days on you. On you. Is it a fragrance? Then I'll pour my oil out. Is it a life laid down? Then here I give my vow. Is it a song I sing? Then here's every melody. Just tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. Is it a fragrance? Then I'll pour my own love. Is it a life laid down? Then here I give my love. Is it a song I sing? Then here's every melody. Just tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. I just want to move your heart. It's all I want to do. I just want to stand in awe.
the word at the beginning one with God the Lord most high your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Didn't Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. No equal. 
Good morning again. If you have your Bible, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 as we work our way through the book of Hebrews on Sunday. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And there is an outline of this message on the backside of your announcements. Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 10. Okay, follow along with me as I read. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. The law cannot forgive, for, forgive sins, cannot make a forgiveness of sins. For then they would not have ceased to be, for them would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. If it really worked, if the sacrifices and the law really worked, then the worshiper would have no more consciousness of sin. But in verse 3, and I'm going to key in on verse 3 and come back to verse 3, but in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. That's really what the, the, the Old Testament law, the sacrifices, it couldn't take away sin, so it was a reminder of sins every year. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Now we'll begin, the writer of Hebrews, the pastor of that church, begins a, a quotation of Psalm chapter, chapter 40, and uh, so we'll read that in the text, verse 5. Therefore, when he, when Jesus came into the world, he said, now, in Psalm chapter, chapter 40, David, and I'm not, I don't know what David knew. I'm not sure if he understood it or not. There's no way for us to know that. But what David does in Psalm chapter 40 is he, he uh, quotes, records a conversation between the father and the son. And so that's what Psalm chapter 40 is. This is a, a recording so to speak, 
of a conversation between the Father and the Son. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. That's what, that's what Christmas is all about. God becoming man, a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. And I want you to catch that in verse, verse 7, and we're going to repeat it immediately in verse 8. And if I could simplify it or reduce it down, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. So the Son is saying to the Father, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. That's a great verse, and it's a great verse to apply to ourselves for us to say that. And so he'll say it again in verse 8, previously saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Here it is again. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Here we'll end in verse 10. We're going to repeat this verse quite a bit, I think. By that will, by the will of God, and Jesus fulfilling the will of God. By that will, here, here's the scripture. This is what God's word says. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We have been sanctified uh, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Title of the message, if you were paying attention and saw the screen or if you're looking at your outline, is reminder of sin, and that goes back to verse 3. In those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. And over and over in the book of Hebrews, the writer, the point of the book, one of the main points, is trying to encourage the, that New Testament Christian church to not go back. Don't go back. And their, their temptation was to go back to the law. It was a Jewish uh, a church made up primarily of Jews who had been converted to Christ, Christianity, converted to Christ. And their temptation to go back, very much, very, very similar in ways to the, to the nation of Israel in, in the, the, the wilderness. Every time something went wrong, let's go back, let's go back. And so the pastor is talking to them about the supremacy of Christ, not going back to the law. Here it is in verse 3. The only thing that law was good for is it was to lead to Christ, and all it could do is remind of sins every year. Every, every year, every, a reminder of sins. That's what the law is good for. I think that we, uh, everything that that, Hebrew New Testament church struggled with, we still do. And everything that that pastor needed to remind that church about, I think I still need to remind wherever I am, and I remind you, whoever would hear, need to remind you of the, the, the same thing. Going back to that thing that's just a reminder of sins. If you're looking at the next screen, if you're looking at your outline, you keep reminding yourself of your sins. There's that temptation to go back to that. Now, I'm not going to ask you to turn or, or change screens, but I'm going to read again verse 10, verse 10 that we already read. We've read it twice. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. But there's that temptation to leave that for some reason 
and we're all this way, I am this way, that, that temptation to lead the truth of that and to go backward. You keep reminding yourself of your sins, don't you? <laughs> don't you? You keep reminding yourself of your sins. God's not doing that. Okay, we're going to talk about two people who do that. One is you, and the other, as we go down through the outline, and you'll see it, Satan is helping you. Satan is helping you do it. But you keep reminding yourself of your sins. Okay, there's also a temptation. Maybe I'm the only one that's done this, but to think that, that God's doing that. Now, God is, uh, the Holy Spirit does absolutely convict us of our sins, but once we've taken it to Christ and dealt with it, that, there's, it's, it's no longer conviction. It's just simply going backward and taking it, upon, taking it upon ourselves. We're having a hard time getting over it. We're having a hard time getting past what I've done. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting past what I've done. I'm having a hard time getting past what I said or whatever. I keep reminding myself, you keep reminding yourself of your sins. Okay, I could almost say this right here and we could just leave. The answer to all that is what? Stop it. Okay, stop it. Okay, we can rise and be dismissed. No, you can't. Stop it. Stop it. You keep reminding yourself of your sins. Stop doing that. Oh, all right? Now, now, the answer to that is what? Easier said than done. Okay? Uh, we're gonna, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Uh, next screen, you keep reminding yourself of what you said and did instead of what Jesus said and did. Now, when you accepted his forgiveness, you take your sins you lay it at his feet, so to speak. You lay it on the altar, so to speak, wherever you do that, however you do that. Wherever you're praying, wherever you get along with Christ, you lay. Uh, the First of all, we do understand that there's not anybody in the room who doesn't sin, who hasn't sinned. So we've all had to, had to go through this. We take that sin and we lay it at his feet. Say, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of, of this sin. I did it. I'm guilty. I did it. I said it. I went there. I did it. I'm guilty. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Okay, it should be done. It should be over with, but you keep reminding yourself of that sin. Jesus isn't doing it. You are. You keep reminding yourself what you said and did instead of what Jesus said and did. Oddly enough, and I can say this, and I know how it is because I do it too. It's somewhat easier for me to ask Jesus to forgive me of it, but then it becomes somewhat harder for me to leave it there. I don't know why that is. I don't know if you're that way, but I am. It's somewhat easier to initially ask Jesus to forgive me, somewhat harder to leave it. Okay, But I've got to work on that. And I, and I am. 1 John chapter 3, 18 through 21. This will be on your screen. My children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Uh, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. 
For if our heart condemns us, if we start questioning, if we start to doubt, you know, did, it, did he really forgive me? You know, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward, toward, toward God. Now, uh, these, if you're looking at your outline, these scriptures are there, but we're not going to put those on the screen. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, in fact, while I'm looking at those scriptures, Matt, go ahead and put that last statement on the screen. And then I'm going to deal with the scriptures. Just I'm just going to say them or quote them. Here's the answer to it. It's going to be as simple as this, but you've got to do it. Okay, You're reminding yourself of your sin. Okay, the answer to that, it would be easy for me to say, just stop it. All right, I, I've already done that, but it didn't work, did it? Because you didn't just stop it. And you won't just, you won't just stop it. Uh, you're reminding yourself of your sin. You're, you're having a hard time getting past it. Sometimes we say it like this. I believe God has forgiven me, but I'm having a tough time what? Forgiving myself. All right? Okay, what we need to stop is just with the first half of it, God has forgiven me. That's enough. Okay? Now we move on. But we really don't move on. We keep on that thought, God has forgiven me. God has forgiven me. It's, it's easy for me to get up here and say you need to just stop reminding yourself, but you can't do it. What it is, it's replacement. You keep reminding yourself of what you said and did instead of what Jesus said and did. Matt, there's another one, uh, the, uh, the one that says replacement thinking because this is replacement. There it is. Replacement thinking because this is replacement living. Okay, you can't just stop it. So what do I do? What, how, do I, how do I get this out of my head? How do I feel secure? How do I get assurance? Okay, it's not just don't worry about it, don't think about it because that's impossible. It's kind of like what I've done before. I want you to not think of the number six. Okay, don't think of the number six. Well, it's impossible. You're going to think of the num number six. Okay, you got to get that out of your head, though. You keep reminding yourself of your sin. You got to get that out of your head. You got to replace it. It's simple, but you've got to do it. If you look, if you have a hard copy of the outline, there's some scriptures right under First jo John three, and the first one is First John one nine. Anybody know what? You don't have to an answer this, but do you know what First John one nine says? Once I start, you you'll you'll get it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's what God's word says. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when I'm struggling with this reminder of sin, I keep reminding myself of the, What do you do? You start reminding yourself of what God said. You start, you start to remind yourself of what Scripture says. This is what God said. And you keep at that, and you keep at that. It, there's a discipline here, a discipline of replacement think, thinking. I'm, I'm going to think differently. I'm going to make myself think differently. I'm going to 
immerse myself in, in God's word and immerse myself in what God says, not what I'm thinking. So when I'm struggling with, I keep reminding myself of my sin, I'm having a hard time getting over my sin, I think of 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. What's that? For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. You can't earn it. It's a gift of God, not of yourself, not of works, unless any man should boast. For by grace I am saved, through faith. That not of myself is not of my works, unless I would boast about it. So what do I do? I keep going over those scriptures. I keep going over it. Now, I've just listed those two, and then I listed again the, 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 uh, the last scripture that we read in the text, uh, Hebrews 10.10. 10. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So I keep going over those scriptures. When I'm struggling with this thing I get stuck in, reminding myself of my sin. Okay, I can't just stop it. I can't just put it out of my head. I've got to replace it. And so I replace that thinking with Scripture and what God's Word said. He has forgiven you. He has forgiven you. It's done. It's over. Uh, once, and once and for all. For by grace I have been saved. If I confess my sin, he's faithful. And, and it's the truth of God's word. I talk to you a lot about reading your Bible. It's not about getting a star in Sunday school class. You know, it's not about a pat on the back. It's not about getting through a schedule. It's about getting God's word in your mind, in your heart, and in your soul. Something to combat yourself with. So, but if you don't have God's word, if, if, you, if you don't have something to replace that thinking with, you don't have anything to fight with. And so there, there, there's, I, I just don't know another way. I, I, I can't tell you anything else that will work. I'm having, pastor, I'm having trouble. I can't get over my sin. I keep reminding myself. The only thing I know that will work is to immerse yourself in God's word, replace that false thinking with the truth of God's word over and over again. And I'm not going to at all tell the whole story, just a very little, very little part of it, but the go-to story that I used when I was talking to, talking to a woman about things like this, about, about replacement Stop the, the thinking that's hurting you and, and replace it with God's word. She said to me, well, if I do what you're telling me to do, then I'm going to have to think about Jesus all the time. I said, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you got it. But see, now, you had to be in the room when she said it, it was a bad thing. You know, if I do, if, you know, if I do that, then I'm going to have to think about Jesus all the time. Like, that's a bad thing. But I'm telling you, like I told her, that's the answer, and I don't have another one. There are no other tricks to it. There are, there's no other way except that, to replace the the 
the thinking that hurts you with the thinking that saves you, the, th the, th the thinking that heals you. Yeah, if I do that, I'm going to have to be thinking about God's word all the time. Now, here's the other thing. People say, well, you know, I have a job, and I've got a home, and I've got school, and I, and, and, and I can't be thinking about all this all the time. And oddly enough, the answer came a couple weeks, and of course, I ran already knew the answer, but I like the way the guy put it. He was actually a politician complaining about other politicians, which I know sounds odd and sounds strange, but a politician complaining about, other, about another politician. The politician he was complaining about was saying, you know, we can only deal with one thing at a time. But the fellow on, on the show said, you know what? I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know what? And you can too, most of you. You can go to work and still think about God's word. You sure can. Well, no, yes, yes, you can. We can do two things at once. In fact, uh, I don't know. This is, I, I would like to know your response to this. I really would. Not right now. I want you to tell me, you know, some, some other time. But I like to have about four things going on at the same time. I, I like to have about four things going on at the same time. I read four books at a time, not just one. I read four books at a time. Now, when it gets to six, uh, that's a little too much for me. Now, some of you could probably handle eight or ten, okay, I like to have about four things going on at one time. And if, I don't know if you've ever thought of it like that, but a lot of you would agree with that. How many of you, I don't, don't answer, uh, how many of you like to study, maybe if, if you're a student in school, study with the, with the TV on, or that's kind of old now. I mean, a lot of you don't even have one. You're, you look at your phone or your computer or your, or your iPad, but you study with something going on in the background. Some, some of you study with some music, playing or whatever. In fact, if it's too quiet, it's like I, I can't think because it's, it's too quiet. You can do more than one thing and, and you can think of God's word and do your job. You can think of God's word and, and take care of things at home. You can think of God's word and go to, go to school. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. So it's, it's, it's not either or. It's both. I can go about my life, but I'm telling you, I don't have another answer for you. I've got to take this, this thinking that I, I just continue to remind myself of myself, wait a minute, no, I know what God's word says. I do know what God's word says, and I'm going to repeat that over and over. I, th I think you got that. I think you understand that. I just need you to do that. Okay, I just need you to do that because I don't have anything else. You have to do that, okay, whatever that. Uh, whatever that takes. Now, going on, Satan keeps reminding you and everyone who will listen of your sin. Satan keeps reminding you. It's not God doing it. It's not God doing it. You're doing it, and Satan is helping you do it. So Satan keeps reminding you and everyone else who w will listen of your sin. Revelation 12.10, I've referred to this chapter a few weeks ago and I'm going to refer to it again. This chapter records Satan's fall 
and how angry that he is with us. And I've been thinking about that chapter a lot and thinking about the work of Satan, and I agree very much with the truth of that scripture. Satan fell to earth, and he's very angry because he knows his time is short. But here's one verse, uh, uh, Revelation 12:10. Then This is John, of course. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuse them before our God day and night, has been cast down. This is the casting down of Satan. The, the word accused and accuser, uh, that's what I wanted you to see. He's the accuser, and that's what he does. He's always accusing you of sin. Um, let me stay on this. I just, you see that word, right? He's always accusing, always bringing it up again. Always bringing it up again. Oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah, that's where that comes from. He's always bringing it up again. Now, me saying this and me preaching this is not going to make him stop. I don't know if you got that a few weeks ago. He's cast down. He's mad. He's angry. He knows that his time is short. If I read my Bible, it's not going to stop him. If I pray more, it's not going to stop him. It's not, I, it's, we're not going to make him stop doing it. But we, we can get to the point, but he doesn't have to defeat me. He's, he's going to keep trying, but I'm not going to, he does, I don't have to let him win. Nothing I do is going to make him stop, but I don't have to let him win. And so he's going to accuse no matter how much truth of God's word that I know. So I've just got to keep at it. I've got to keep God's word in my head, in my heart, and I've got to keep, keep at it because he's not going to stop. Well, neither am I. He's not going to stop. Neither am I. Zechariah is uh, a vision that Zechariah had. Zechariah chapter 3, 1 through 2. Interesting. This is uh, the vision of Zechariah. Then he showed me, God showed Zechariah, Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And, St and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. Matt, uh, okay. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Matt, can you go back to verse 1? Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. I think it's possible that we could get an impression that Satan is only bothering people who don't go to church. You know, or, or Satan's only bothering people who don't know God's word. That's not what that says. Zechariah saw a vision of the high priest standing before the Lord, Satan standing at his right hand, accusing him. The fact that you are trying to do godly things or whatever only puts a target on your back. It doesn't make the satanic fight easier. It makes it possible. I don't know. I like the, I don't like it, but I, I understand the, the wording of that and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. You ever felt that? You ever felt that? It's almost like Satan standing at my right hand. 
I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to do godly thing. I'm trying to do the right thing. It's almost like Satan standing at my right hand, opposing me every step of the way. You ever felt that? I have. Uh, many times on this stage, I have felt that. I like what Martin Luther said. He said, when I go into my study and shut the door and open my Bible, Satan meets me there. I, like, I don't like what he said, but I like what he said. Why? Because I know exactly how he feels. When I go into my study and close the door and open my Bible, now you would think that that's where Satan couldn't be. No, that's exactly where he is. Accusing, uh, def defying, trying to do everything he can to stop you, planting thoughts in your, in your head, and on and on. Next uh, screen, the devil's not wrong about your sin, but he's wrong about the cure for your sin. You're in a satanic fight. You, yes, you are. And you fight it, you conquer it, you win it by God's word. Now, in doing that, that doesn't make him stop. It's just this is the cure. What Jesus has done for us, what Jesus said about what he's done for us, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, for by grace are you, are you saved. He has sanctified you once and, once and for all. Satan's not wrong about your sin, but he is wrong about the cure for it. For your sin okay so you're struggling with reminding yourself you got to stop that and you're struggling with Satan helping you remind you of your sin we're going to stop him and it's done by the truth of God's word a last thought before we pray I'm not going to deal with this I'm not going to stress this but the last screen says Satan's obsessed with the sins of others we haven't really been talking about that but just the last thought I thought I would go f go further with this and what I will but Satan's obsessed with the sins of others why because he's obsessed with sins of everybody but don't you be you know what I am so bad it's a full-time job just to take care of me and I have got so many things wrong with me. It's a full-time job just to, get, just to keep myself right. I don't have time or the, or the energy or the wherewithal to concentrate on your sins. And to talk to others about your sins. I've got so much stuff to deal with, deal with me. Okay. Back to the original thought. About reminding yourself of sin and Satan reminding you of your sin let's get past that okay I'm going to ask the musicians to come this is going to be our prayer time I'm going to ask the congregation to stand as we pray. We have these altars up here and we have these seats and people can kneel at an altar and pray or they can have a seat on a chair. You can come and stand.
a lot, a lot of times I like to come up here and just stand. And this is our place to pray and our time to pray. And our prayer is, Lord, I am struggling, uh, getting over my sin. I believe that you have forgiven me, but I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. But this morning, I want to get past that. I want to, I want to move on. And I know I'm having trouble with it, and I know now that Satan's, in, Satan's encouraging it. Satan wants me to have a problem with this, and I am. I'm having a problem with this. But Lord, I bring it to you, and I'm asking you to help me through the power of your word, what you've done and said, to get past this. I can't just stop thinking about it, but I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to change the way I think. And I'm going to fill myself with God's word, but I need help. Lord, I need to change the way I think. And I can't do that without you. So that's what this prayer time is. It gives us a chance to, to come to the Lord and say, God, I need help. I need help. And I believe that you can help me. If you need to come and kneel or have a seat on a chair or just stand and, and say, Jesus, I need help with this, then while the band plays and sings, we invite you to come and pray.